Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. And I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we've got some uh, interesting entertainment topics, as always, to talk with you uh, about. I uh, wanted to mention that you can also catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, which are the 14 newspapers and 20 markets we do video game reviews for. You can catch me each week on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KISM, KS WFM Radio, excuse me. It is an intercom station, and I do a movie game entertainment and more segment on the show, and of course, you can catch our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine, which we are currently planning out the March issue. It's going to have a very nice summer video game preview in it, as well as some uh, interesting stuff about some upcoming travel and entertainment that we will be covering. And, of course, you can also catch us every Friday on Krypton Radio as our show that we're recording now is simulcast. So... Uh, before we get into the discussion this week, obviously with the events in the world, uh, entertainment news has not been as productive and prolific as it usually is. That being said, um, there are obviously still some things going on, and I wanted to open up by letting you know that uh, the Level Up Expo in Las Vegas has recently concluded. We have our own Mark de Guzman on site there, and Mark covers everything from CinemaCon to uh, CES to various shows in the area, and he's there. We put up a collection of uh, pictures the other day, and he will also be um, sharing some of his fantastic video with us and talking about some of the great things that are going on there. So we're really, 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 really looking forward to um, seeing more information about that. The other things that we wanted to make sure that we talked about as conventions start to come back more and more is that WonderCon is expected to start offering up their tickets very soon. They've recently completed their upgrade and uh, to the new member portal. So looking forward to seeing what they have. I can tell you, I can't give you specifics yet, but it is confirmed that we will be doing a panel at the convention. We will be doing another alien-themed panel, and I will have the date and the panel room and the time for you soon. It's just not allowed to say anything yet because uh, they have to finalize everything. Uh, I mean, it's all finalized, but it has to be finalized in the program and then released. So, fingers crossed, good things on that. Travel and entertainment-wise, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this until we get more in-depth reports, but uh, Disney did release uh, a bunch of local media into the Galactic Star Cruiser, their upcoming Star Wars um, pricey-themed attraction, but uh, a lot of people uh, went in there and got a look at uh, some of the, the, the rooms and some of the amenities and things that are going on there, so if you're looking for uh, news on that, we should have a report Hopefully, somewhere down the line on that. But what I did want to mention is that currently, we have someone over at Knott's Berry Farm. Excuse me. Ah, something stuck here. 
we have someone over at SeaWorld, and they are experiencing the brand new Emperor Dive Coaster. So we're expecting to get a report and some video on that anytime. That can come through any time at all today, uh, probably later this afternoon. So once we get that in, we will put that up. Looking forward to seeing how they uh, manage that. And then Genevieve and I will be covering the Knott's Berry Farm Berry Festival, which will run daily from March 18th through April 24th. We're going to go down and check it out for a bit before we go on our cruise. And then uh, if time allows, we may pop in after WonderCon right before we go back and just experience all that there is to offer with that. So gentlemen, that being said, we've got the entertainment stuff out of the way. And the big news this week is the launch of Matt Reeves, the Batman, the uh, new take on the character and, um, you know, Robert Pattinson, definitely a very, uh, in some circles, controversial choice. I would say very interesting choice. I have already seen the film, and we do have the non-spoiler review up on the site. But before I give my opinion, why don't we start off with you, Justin? And again, I want to stress that Justin and Michael have not seen the film as of yet. Um, what do you think about the, the whole idea behind the film the casting and what are your expectations for it and the future of the franchise? Uh, yeah. So just to start off, I've, I've been a big fan of Matt Reeves for a really long time. Uh, he got started, um, with, uh, Cloverfield, um, which, you know, for a first film, I thought that was really, really good. Um, but he followed it up with, with an even better, um, adaption of let the right one in, uh, which is a Swedish movie. I believe it's Swedish. Um, yeah, vampire. His, yeah, so his version let me in. Probably one of my favorite horror movies uh, of the last. Uh, well, I don't even remember when it came out. It's been been probably like a decade or so. But um, really, really good uh, horror movie. I mean, it's really not kind of a traditional horror movie, and I guess that'll kind of you know be a springboard into a point I'll make a little bit later. But uh, after that, he made um, you know the newer um, Planet of the Apes movies, which all were were excellent or the, the two that he worked on were were incredible um so i i've been really looking forward to his take on batman um mainly because you know i think he can kind of take a, a non-traditionalist approach and really make it work um so that's kind of what i'm anticipating uh just kind of going into it and looking at the trailers and kind of what's been said about the movie um you know, it's it's supposed to be, you know, a, diff a more of a different take on Batman, maybe a little bit more of um, a emphasis on his uh, detective work, um, you know, uh, instead of instead of a, a, a instead of a more action approach, which I'm totally fine with. Um, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be a more uh, a darker, more mature, uh, I guess, interpretation, which, you know, We've already had two pretty different takes on Batman, um, and the the Christopher Nolan movies I think stand on their own, and that's I wouldn't want just another uh, Christopher Nolan movie just done by somebody else. I think you know if you're going to spend the time to make a movie um, you know, on one of these characters, you really have to do something to set it apart, and I think Matt Reeves is definitely the right choice for that. 
Uh, sounds like a good uh, take on it. And Michael, what do you make of this? Honestly, I've been a little bit torn on it to be to be honest, because you know Batman's always been one of my favorite characters um, of all the comic book heroes, and and I and I always find it so disappointing that they just can't make a quality Batman movie. And they've obviously they've done um, the Christopher Nolan ones uh, were some of my favorite ones. Obviously, the first one for what it was back in the day with Michael Keaton, I thought they did a really good job with. But there's been so many misses on it. And, and this one, I'm going to be honest, it hasn't been one that I've been that excited about. Um, again, I, I, to me, it, it just doesn't seem like it's a real take on the comic book version of Batman, which is kind of what interests me the most. Um, because I think there's so many other areas that they can take the, take the series and the franchise and kind of stay truer to what the comic book um, roots were and, and i think every time we reboot the series which has now been what five six times different batmans um it just from a continuity perspective it just really makes um it, it just kind of i don't know i just i have yet to see a, a a take where i think it's a it's a positive spin uh and again i i have no problem with i like the darker tone idea um but i always worry when they start draw taking away from um established lore to make their own lore that it kind of takes away from the fact that it's a Batman movie and just becomes another superhero movie. Um, and, and again, I, I, this is kind of how I take it too. I mean, they take away from, um, I, I would just like to see one that's more true, kind of like the Marvel movies do more true to the comic book itself. Um, and if you want to do your own take on a movie, that's great. I've got no problem with those, but then why make it a Batman movie? Why not make it just something else entirely? Um, which I think is where a lot of these things kind of fall down is they want to do their own take on Batman and yet it's not Batman. It's just a take on something else. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm not really all that excited. It's one I will see, but it, it certainly isn't one that I'm looking forward to. I am really curious to see what the reaction is going to be. Um, like you, Michael, I had my trepidation because there was the part of me going, how many times do I need to see this story retold? I mean, just since, you know, the early part of my adult life, we've had Michael Keaton's take on it. We've had Val Kilmer's take on it. We had George Clooney's take on it. Then we had three films with Christian Bale. We've had two films with um, Ben Affleck. And so when they came around and said, oh, yeah, Robert Pattinson's going to do it, I was, you know, Kind of like, I'm not against more Batman films, but how many origin stories do we need? I mean, even James Bond didn't change up this many times over that many years. And you you get to a point where you go, you know, how how many? And I, I the closest comparison I could draw were the Spider-Man films where I could say, okay, we've had three Spider-Men over this time. And two of them had somewhat origin stories. But I think what really benefited this Batman was that they kind of took the Marvel approach in that we don't need to tell the origin story that's already been done. But what we can do is we can talk about the early years of the character. And it was interesting in that, for example, without giving it much away, it's not Commissioner Gordon at this point. It's Lieutenant Gordon. And there are people, at police officers, who are very uneasy about Batman being called into crime scenes. And they 
very clearly question things like, why is this vigilante here? Why is he handling evidence? Why is, you know, why are certain things at crime scenes direct to him, directed to him? For all we know, he could be involved in this. And so you kind of got this interesting thing of that Gordon put his faith in him early. They had the bad signal, but there was a very uneasy alliance where a lot of the police flat out didn't trust him and in many cases didn't like him. And I thought that was an interesting take. I also thought Pattinson's take really surprised me in that this was a very broken individual, not just in Batman. He actually has had personality as Batman. As Bruce Wayne, he was not the socialite about town. He was a very sullen, withdrawn, emo, dysfunctional individual who had hard times holding conversations, who did not care about his family fortune, who basically decided that he and he alone can save the city, even though, as the character in the film says, no one asked you to do this, and it's likely going to end up getting you killed. And it was fascinating in that it was a very dark, slow burning film. They did not go over the top with a lot of action. They did not go over the top with the gadgetry, didn't go over the top with a lot of special effects. It was a very moody, murky crime drama that uh, murder mystery in many cases that's that plays out over three hours with some very interesting characters who are surprisingly more deep, uh, deeper than you would expect them to be in um, a superhero film, how there was a much greater interconnection between the characters, which I think is something that has been very clearly established in many of the Batman stories, but not so much in the cinematic universe. And that was really fascinating to see. And I think above all, it was Pattinson really surprised me because it was just, it, he pulled off the action sequences fine, but it was the, just the whole tone of the character and you found yourself really drawn into this murder mystery and how dark some of these characters were like Paul Dono's interpretation of the Riddler is absolutely chilling how creepy he is. And there were other scenes you could tell very clearly were setting up future installments. And I was just, I mean, I, when it finished, I was like, wow. I mean, just a very deep, dark haunting theme song, which is, you know, essentially a straight up piano, almost like how Westworld, the new version of Westworld's theme song goes. And it's just a lot of it takes place in the darkness. And you're just, you know, the whole time you're watching it going, this is not a kid's film. This is not a teenager superhero film. This is, you know, the, a lot of people asked Matt Reeves, is there an R rated cut? And he said, no, but I was able to do this as a PG 13 film, but it is very clearly an adult themed movie. So uh, I, I really loved it. I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. I'm just very, very curious to see if people will give it a chance and how they will react to this uh, version of it. So interesting stuff there. And then of course, you know, we'll see what happens because unfortunately with the confusing times, we've got a flash movie coming and yes, we know they're dealing with flash points and all that, but everything we've heard is here's Michael Keaton coming back as a version of the Batman. And is that going to undermine Pattinson's performance, carrying it forward? Is it going to undermine it that the new, you know, Batwoman show that's coming out is going to apparently have Keaton popping up in it. And who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with. 
So, gentlemen, another thing I wanted to discuss with you is that uh, Disney has set a March 10, 2023 theatrical release date for the latest version of The Haunted Mansion. And right now it's going to go up against Paramount's Dungeons and Dragons. And some of the stars include Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, and Lakeith Stanfield. So, Michael, what do you think? You think they, uh, they've got something here? Well, they've already done the one with uh, with um, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, right? So I have yes. not seen that one, so I can't really comment on that. Um, yeah, I mean, they've done really well. I thought they've done really well with their other live um, attraction type movies, at least, well, to some degree, right? I thought Jungle Cruise was really well done. It was one that I wasn't really sure how they were going to turn that into a feature-length movie or if it was going to become too Indiana Jones-ish or something like that. And, and honestly, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um with that movie as a whole, um, obviously there's some quality actors uh, behind it, which always you know speaks you know volumes. I think in general, I think the, a lot of the Disney movies we're seeing now, there's a lot of thought and and you know, focus put into them, um, so they're not just a, a cash grab on a, a popular attraction or or a cash grab on something that's you know that's well known to the fans um, of the franchise. I think they really kind of put some thought into into digging it out a bit more and, and providing additional um, uh, background on a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I think, you know, with how popular that attraction is in general, I suspect it'll do well um, regardless. Uh, but if they do, um, if they do as well as they have with, you know, some of the more recent live, live attraction type films, I think they've, you know, it's definitely going to be something that'll work for them. Justin, your take. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I can't comment too much. I haven't seen Jungle Cruise, but um, it it seemed like it was um, pretty well received and successful. Um, and obviously, the uh, the Pirates movies are incredibly successful as well. Uh, in fact, they keep making them. So uh, more coming. Yeah, so more 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 coming. Um, so it it seems like uh, honestly the the movies that they've made based on their rides um, might be a a um a more lucrative um uh prospect than the movies that they've uh done based on their their animated uh their older animated movies which is kind of surprising to me um you know not to say that those movies are bad but uh they've been sort of a mixed bag in terms of um their success and how how well they're received um uh so yeah like uh the, the Jungle Book was good, um, but then after that, like, uh, The Lion King wasn't quite as well-received. Um, you know, it seemed like there was, there was a little bit of uh, um, some reluctance about that one. So I, I think these, these movies, it's kind of surprising to me because there's not really a groundwork to go off of with these ones. It's just, you know, just your creativity. I mean, it's, it's based on a ride, so they have to kind of make up a whole story and all the characters and everything. So... Um, so I'm curious uh, about it. The other thing too is that it's um, you know it, it has to be a broad appeal kind of thing, and uh, th that can be kind of difficult with with horror themed stuff. I, I know it's obviously possible, but um, you know that's going to be kind of tricky for them as well uh, to try to like kind of thread that needle of uh, horror themed but broadly um, applicable to uh, to basically any audience. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they have a lot of potential 
areas to explore. There was some talk, uh, obviously pre-COVID, but there was some talk that they wanted to look at the Matterhorn. They wanted to look at Space Mountain. They all thought that. I mean, we know that the interpretation of Tomorrowland didn't go as planned, but as you said, the Pirates of the Caribbean has been very lucrative for them. The uh, Tower of Terror and... Um, they did a Haunted Mansion thing for television, so I kind of don't count those. I only count the theatrically released ones. Uh, we've got a new version of the Haunted Mansion. And then, of course, now that the uh, disagreement over Black Widow is resolved, Scarlett Johansson is apparently still on board uh, the new version of the Tower of Terror. And, you know, Jungle Cruise did a great job of being able to hit exactly what people needed hit and even with the issues with COVID, it still performed well enough especially on disney plus and the other outlets that they've already said the plan is to go ahead with other films and it will be interesting to see because one that i think is just screaming for uh, a movie to be made is big thunder mountain and my attitude on that is that You've already had three Disney movies that would be a good template for it in that you had Hot Lead and Cold Feet and the two Apple Dumpling Gang films. So you could have the, you know, the, the whole crazy comedic action of a mining town and the bad guys and, you know, the, the crazy train and, you know, comedic characters, heroic characters. And I just think that would be a perfect example of, you know, uh, an attraction that could be done. And in some ways, as you said, the story's already there and other things there aren't. It's not like taking something like, um, I don't know, like uh, the Autopia Freeway that have the cars there and trying to make a story out of that. You know, when you, when you do something like, say, Space Mountain, you at least have an idea when you do something like the Matterhorn, you say, okay, you know, what are the aspects? We're going to have the snow, we're going to have people climbing the mountain, and we're going to have the abominable snowman. And from there, you squeeze it all together. And then if you want to, you know, go to some of the other attractions. So I think it's just a matter of time, especially with Disney Plus, that gives them the opportunity to be a little more uh, open to experimenting with some of these uh, things. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Disney Plus, we do have uh, Moon Knight making its debut this week and followed soon after by a couple of other films, such as Turning Red by Pixar. So we will close today with this. Let's start with you. Justin, what do you think about Moon Knight and what are, you, uh, what are your expectations for the series? Uh, it looks interesting. Um, I'm a little mixed on it, to be honest. Um, just... The trailer uh, didn't really quite do it for me, other than, like, I think the idea looks interesting. It's just, there's something about the the effects on um, the the costume that mm -hmm. just looked really off to me. Um, but I, I think the, the idea of, of the character, I think, is, is pretty interesting. So I, I'm curious to, I'll probably end up watching it, but, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a little hesitant uh, at this point. Okay, and Michael, your take, please. Well, you know, Disney Plus, I think, continues to improve with every series they release. I mean, I, th I think 
Um, WandaVision, they kind of started off. That one I, it took me a couple of episodes to really get into. I think at the end they really pulled off something, but it did it did take me a couple of episodes to get into it, whether I was going to continue watching it. Um, and then, of course, obviously, um, Hawkeye, I think, was fantastic. Uh, by far one of the best of the of the superhero type movies that have or shows that have come to Disney Plus, so I'm I'm hopeful. Like I said, I don't know much about the character. Uh, it's always hard to kind of tell from um, the previews how how that story is going to play out. Um, but I, like I said, I think Disney Plus ha- tends to understand their audience, uh, tends to really um, understand what what kind you know bring out the very interesting characters. You know Loki. Uh, I thought they did a fantastic job with that one as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it will continue in that trend um, because, again, there haven't really been any um, poor showing from the Disney Plus um, series yet. Uh, again, Mandalorian's fantastic. I thought Book of Boba Fett was really good. Maybe not Mandalorian, but but up there. Um, so they seem to know what they're doing, and it does give them an opportunity to tell a better story and flush out characters over the course of you know eight to ten episodes versus trying to do something in a two-hour movie, uh, particularly with characters that are kind of side characters that may not get that type of attention that you'd want them to get um, in a large-budget film. But they, they're obviously clearly willing to put the money behind it and work with it. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm potentially curious about something, and I, I debated whether or not to bring this up, but I do think it is um, important to... Um, discuss and that was uh, a few days ago moon knight writer alan Zelens came out and said that he doesn't particularly care that marvel's interpretation seems to be ignoring the jewish roots of the character and he goes you know they're not bound by any origin but he said you know that's what it is and it it's interesting it in that there are some people saying, well, how could they not do this? That's a, that's a part of the character. And then there are others saying, well, you know, casting choices and so on and so forth. And how do we know this is going to be there and what's going on here? And, you know, there, there are some saying, oh, is this going to become a problem down the line? And because of this and that, and I thought you have to tell a story at some point and, it's common for creative licenses to be taken and we're seeing a lot more of that in terms of characters that were male or now portrayed female you have some characters that were traditionally played by caucasians being played by african americans and others and you know this is this is the world you have to allow for a bit of artistic freedom i mean you know People forget. Look at look at the amazing job Samuel L. Jackson did, and has done, playing Nick Fury. That is not the original look Nick Fury had. Anybody who grew up reading the comics knows that, you know, when they did the first version of Nick Fury in film, it was David Hasselhoff who uh, portrayed him. So that should give you an idea. And I think, you know, let's look and see what they have before we're so quick to do that because for all we know they may end up very well addressing that there's just a lot of speculation that oh because you know um oscar isaac's latino they're not going to go down that road but again let's see what the show uh is all about and uh, make our decisions once we have seen it so 
Uh, until next week, gentlemen, and certainly let's hope next week is a better week ahead than the week behind. Everybody take care, be safe, and we will talk to you soon.